It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me, or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. And good Friday morning, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in for Sandy this morning. Sandy has been uh, joining us during our share here in Tupelo, Mississippi. And uh, share wrapped up last evening around 6 o'clock. Sandy's on her way home, but she'll be back on Monday. But uh, my pleasure to sit in. And it is indeed the morning after our fall share three days. And I just want to start off by saying a congratulations and thank you. Listeners to American Family Radio, an all-time record of pledges and the amount. And uh, man, oh man, you folks are just terrific. You have come through over 19,000 total pledges. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, that is absolutely amazing. Uh, Representing families and individuals who care so much about American Family Radio, and you're sensitive to the fact we're involved with spiritual war here. For, you know, that's that's what's going on in our country. We're going to be talking about some of the major issues this morning. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, the, the battleground is intense, and I know you're feeling it out there wherever you live across the country. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Uh, it gives us the resources to keep up this fight for you, and uh, we ask for your continued prayers. Uh, as we as we move forward. By the way, uh, you can still go to AFR.net, AFR.net. If you weren't able to give during the last three days, uh, the, uh, the the line is still open. We'll put it that way. So if uh, you, this morning, you've been busy through the week, didn't get a chance uh, to uh, make your pledge, uh, the lines are still open this morning. So AFR.net, AFR.net, if you go there, uh, there's a place there for you to press a button, donate, and just fill that out, and we would appreciate that. But thank you so much, so much, not only for the three days of share and your financial contributions, but as I say, your continued prayers. Uh, that is even more important for us as we continue this battle. Some of the news uh, that probably we've had to put aside and not discuss over the last three days as we were doing our share It's been a horrible week. It really has uh, for police officers in various places uh, around the country. There was uh, an incident in Raleigh, North Carolina, uh, late yesterday afternoon. Uh, five people died, including an off-duty police officer in Raleigh. Uh, a young man is in custody, open fire, on some individuals in a suburb of Raleigh, North Carolina, but uh, five people killed, including an officer. We're still getting details on that. Uh, just in the last 48 hours, two police officers in uh, Bristol, Connecticut, gunned down. They were responding, and it looks like to a couple of young men who made a phony 911 call. Uh, something about a domestic dispute is what they 
they, they, the dispatcher was told. So police go to this house, and when they get there, uh, these uh, individuals uh, open fire upon them, and two police officers killed. And, you know, this, this is a story that is being repeated far too much. There was a police officer in Mississippi that was killed this week. Uh, and there were incidents in Decatur, Illinois. We're just seeing these stories far, far too much. And I was very interested this morning in hearing an interview uh, with John Krupinski. He is with the uh, Connecticut version of the Fraternal Order of Police. And he gave his opinion, his explanation as to why we are seeing this continued rash and ever-increasing, sadly to say, attacks against our police officer officers. Cut number seven. Yeah, this is the state of America at this point in the state of Connecticut uh, where we're at right now. And you have to understand, this goes all the way back to 2014. 2014, we had the Michael Brown, hands up, don't shoot. Everyone bought into this scenario, and it wasn't true. Again, more fake news that wasn't true, but people bought into that. That kind of opened the door and started this. Now we move on to the last two years that we've had. Police officers across the country have been demonized for the last two years. The main function and problem we have right now is these politicians have stripped us of the most important tool that a police officer has. And it's not on his belt. It's respect. When respect is taken away, the public, they do whatever they want to do. And now we're seeing the results of this. Yeah, we're seeing the results of this in so many ways. It's not only this increased attack against police officers, the defunding of police departments, but the resulting violence from all of this. It is so difficult to understand communities that want to cut back, want to defund police, uh, police departments, and mostly, if not all, in Democrat-run cities. They cut back on their police funding. We have police officers, because of the cuts in funds, because of the lack of respect being shown them, so we have police officers that are quitting, are resigning early, or just quitting their jobs and going to work somewhere else where they're appreciated, like in cities in Florida. And so you have this going on. And then, the, you know, as, as this is not rocket science. When you diminish your police department, violence is going to increase. And that's what we're seeing in New York City. That's what we're seeing in Portland, Oregon. That's what we're seeing in Seattle. And these uh, left-wing politicians throw up their hands and say, this is terrible. We have this violence. They have no one to blame but themselves. And this has been the drumbeat of the, of the Democratic Party. And, and quite frankly, also to blame is our mainstream media. Because ever since has our, our uh, Sergeant John Krapinski just pointed out, going back to Michael Brown, but also... Uh, to Minneapolis just a few years ago, uh, George Floyd. And it was tragic uh, what happened to George Floyd, but the mainstream media and left-wing politicians took that to launch an overall campaign of disrespect, as John Krapinski just said, of disrespect for our police officers. And he is blaming that disrespect most of all for what is happening and and the rash of of, uh, police killings that we have seen even this week. So we ask you to pray for the families of those uh, dear folks who have lost their lives this week. 
And also, there's an opportunity, folks, coming up in just a few weeks. It's called an election. You can get out there, and you ought to be asking these candidates, Republican and Democrat, where they stand on this issue. Uh, Because when you look at the polling right now, crime, violence is right up there against the economy as far as their, their, their issues. Very few people are talking about what the Democrats want to talk about, and that's abortion. What people want to talk about is the economy and the crime that is happening in their cities. And they want accountability. Well, there's an opportunity, as I say, in the election coming up on November the 8th for you to express where you feel about this. Find out where those candidates stand on these important issues. All right, in other news, I'm going to try to be nice here. The January 6th Commission is what the Democrats call it. Well, it's the the, uh, Democrat plus two Republicans who also hate Donald Trump commission. They met yesterday. I think it was the 13th public hearing that they had. And uh, they ended the day. Uh, They say they want to issue a subpoena against former President Donald Trump uh, for both materials and for him to show up uh, to testify. Now, we know. We know that this has been a farce right from the beginning because Nancy Pelosi would not allow the Republicans, which is the tradition to name the people to a commission, their selection. Republicans through the years or the opposing party allowed to name their own representatives to these kinds of uh, Congress committees. But no, Nancy Pelosi wouldn't allow that. She handpicked two Republicans uh, and Liz Cheney being one of them uh, who hate Donald Trump. And so they're sitting on this, this. This commission has been a joke. They have not allowed any cross-examination of any witnesses. Uh, it has been absolutely incredible. Now, we're told uh, that uh, former President Trump is supposed to respond this hour, this morning, as to whether what he's going to do. Now, late last night, apparently, he said, yeah, maybe I could have some fun if I showed up at the commission. Uh, we'll wait and see on that. But also yesterday, in connection with all of this, There was a new video that was released of Nancy Pelosi the day of November the 6th threatening, what's that? January the 6th, thanks. Uh, January the 6th, um, and uh, it's a video that was actually taken by Nancy Pelosi's daughter, I think in Nancy Pelosi's office. And we have Nancy Pelosi saying, I hope Donald Trump comes up here to the Capitol Hill because I want to punch him. You don't believe me? Cut number two. Let me come to and punch him out. This is oh, my no, mom. I would pay to see I've been that. waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out, and I'm going to go to jail, oh, and I'm going to be happy. Yeah, yeah, just another demonstration, folks, of just how much, how much the Democrats hate this individual, Donald Trump. And that's what this is all about. You know, I, I'm not sure, as I say, we're waiting for uh, the former president to respond to this subpoena and whether he's going to, uh, and, and I probably there's a couple of different thoughts on this. Uh, one of them being, yes, go ahead and go up to the Hill, and uh, I think it would be must-see TV that they would show. On the other hand, uh, they probably would not allow him to say what he would want to say. It would give him the opportunity to give his side of the story. One of those things being is that uh, uh, then-President Trump, on that January 6th date, he was still president of the United States, 
was warning of uh, possible violence that would occur. And he asked Nancy Pelosi to call out the National Guard. And we all know that Nancy Pelosi wouldn't do that. Also, we're learning this morning, there's a couple of sources that are saying the Secret Service also heard uh, in monitoring social media, et cetera, et cetera, that there was a potential for violence. And they were warning about that, but those warnings went unheeded. So there's a lot to this, but the bottom line in all of this This commission, this January 6th commission set up by the Democrats, was nothing more than an opportunity to once again uh, go after Donald Trump. And I think overall the motivation was to try to ensure that he cannot run for president once again. Liz Cheney has stated that in the last couple of months. Her goal on the commission, she has stated publicly, was to ensure that Donald Trump never gets back in the Oval Office. So that's the purpose of this January 6th commission. We'll see uh, what is going to happen. Well, also, uh, we are learning more uh, about the so-called, remember the Steele dossier uh, that, uh, that was used as the basis for the investigation into the Russia collusion? Well, that dossier has been torn apart this week in a trial for Igor Danchenko, he was the Russian who was used, uh, supposedly, uh, and it turns out it was all gossip that went into the Steele dossier, and uh, he's on trial for lying to the FBI. And, uh, and so what has happened is that we're learning more that uh, Danchenko has actually been on the payroll of the FBI, was kept on the payroll for three years after all of this. Uh, Christopher Steele of the Steele dossier, he was offered a million dollars by the FBI. If he could prove what was in the dossier was true, he couldn't do that. But then the FBI went ahead anyway and used the dossier, went to the went to the FISA court to spy, to get permission to spy on Carter Page. Just more of the corruption, folks, that's been going on over the ever since Donald Trump, as he says, walked down that escalator uh, in New York, announced he was going to run for president. Uh, It's been an attack against Donald Trump and conservatism ever since. All right. You're listening to Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred sitting in for Sandy today. Much more ahead on this Friday, the 14th of October. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65+, is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops, You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. This is Pause to Pray. A chance to stop down each day from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. 
Today, we pray for Kilolo Kijikazi, Acting Commissioner of the Social Security Administration. Her office administers Social Security benefits to Americans. James 4.10 reminds us of the qualities of a good leader. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask for guidance for Kilolo Kijikazi as she leads the Social Security Administration. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. This is an important election year in your state and all across the country. And we are joining together to pray the vote. Details at pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make the switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. Generation Z has banished the thumbs-up emoji. That's according to the New York Post. Generation Z is the generation born in the late 1990s, plant-based, pronoun-confused, and perpetually offended. That generation. They say the thumbs-up emoji is rude and hostile, and there's a movement to ban the emoji from the workplace. One Reddit user says it was a generational communication culture difference. Instead of emojis, they prefer a typed-out response. It's not the only emoji causing heartache among the Gen Zers. The checkmark clapping hands emojis also banned. So is monkey covering eyes and the one that looks like chocolate pudding. I'm using the loud crying face emoji right now. Can you tell? It's ironic coming from a generation that can't even hold a face-to-face conversation without using hashtags and internet slang. I can only imagine what sort of mental trauma the Gen Zers would suffer if you replied with a snowflake emoji. Hashtag microaggression. LOL. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And indeed, welcome back to this Friday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred sitting in for Sandy today. Once again, thank you so much for your dedication to American Family Radio. We wrapped up our fall share yesterday with record numbers of pledges. And uh, we can't say enough to you folks what a blessing you are to us. And thanks for coming alongside us so we can continue the fight. Well, listen, folks, I've got some good news from our President Biden this morning. You know, your concerns about the economy and everything. Hey, don't worry. Be happy. Uh, That's kind of the tone that the president was giving yesterday when the latest inflation numbers came out. 8.2%. Grocery bills are way up. Gasoline prices are way up. But don't you worry about it. Inflation is slowing down, he says. Cut number three. Today's report shows, though, some progress. Overall, inflation was 2% over the last three months. That's down from 11% over the prior three months. That's progress. Republican wins. Inflation is going to get worse. It's that simple. Yeah, don't worry. Be happy. Well, we'll see what some folks have to say about that. Our good friend Gary Bauer is on the line, joining us from uh, the nation's capital area. Gary, are you relieved? Uh, Everything is kind of (laughs) looking better, according to our president. 
Oh my goodness. Uh, well, you know, the, you know, the old line, uh, Fred, how can you tell when a politician's lying, his lips are moving? Uh, the, the, the president is, uh, I, I don't know what he thinks the IQ of the average American is, but, uh, that line yesterday, that's, that's just not going to work. You can't battle reality. Reality is very simple. It's the, it's the person in the grocery store trying to feed her family and looking at the prices. It's the guy filling up the tank of his car and, and you know, letting out a string of expletives. Um, I, you shouldn't do that, but nonetheless, uh, so, I mean, we, we all see what's happening. And look, Fred, it, was there a tiny little bit of, you know, difference? If you're a statistician sitting around with the green eye shades on, there, there, there was a little fraction of a difference. But, but what was causing that? Anything the president had done? No. The reason we may see some progress on inflation in the months ahead is that the pres- president's given the Federal Reserve the green light to raise interest rates as fast as they can possibly raise them. And so millions of young Americans are being priced out of the housing market. Uh, Businesses can't get loans. They can afford to expand their business. I mean, I think people really need to understand this. The administration has made a decision to intentionally crash the economy in order to get prices down that are the result of their overspending. And Gary, lest people think we're exaggerating in any way, there's also the news that's come out in the last couple of days. The Saudis are now saying the Biden administration contacted OPEC folks and said, okay, we don't so much have a problem with you cutting back on on production. We just don't want you to announce it before the election. Hold off for 30 days. So I, 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 was, I was shocked by that, Gary, because it tells me that Joe Biden doesn't care if gas prices keep going up. Just don't announce it, Saudis, before the election so we can get through that. And then, Saudis, you can do whatever you want. And there is so much to unpack there, Fred. Uh, they're not only not upset that gas prices are going up. If you, if you talk to a liberal when he thinks the cameras aren't on, one of these left-wing progressives, progressives, they want the price of gasoline to go up because they want to force people to not use gasoline. They want to force everybody into electric cars. Never mind that we, we're not, they, those cars are not available in necessary quantities and the electrical grid is not in a shape to handle millions of electric battery operated cars being plugged in every night to recharge them. I, you know, that when I heard that story, Fred, the phrase that came to my mind was quid pro quo. Your listeners probably remember when, when Donald Trump made a phone call to the president of Ukraine and said to him, you know, I'd like a little bit of help in getting to the bottom of corruption in your, in your country involving Hunter Biden. I'd sure like you to do that for me. And then a little later in the conversation, he brings up the fact that we give Ukraine some military aid. They tried to impeach Donald Trump for that. So, you know, here's this president. He tells the Saudis, you better not raise that price of oil before the election comes up because my party might be hurt. And by the way, if you do, I'm going to cut off your arms, the, the fight, the military assistance we give you. There's, I can't think of a bigger 
pro quo quo, quid pro quo, and yet almost nobody in Washington is mentioning that, you know, that Latin phrase that was so famous just about a year ago. You know, it, it's it's hard to believe that we are in the state of affairs that we are experiencing in this country right now, Gary. Uh, every day there seems to be a new controversy. I suppose the only good thing is that uh, the truth is slowly coming to light. We had the other story that developed this week. Uh, we found out that the Biden administration, and this goes back, this is the incident, uh, Border Patrol agents, allegedly, we mm. were told, uh, whipping Haitians who were trying to cross the river illegally into the country. We were told that those border agents were whipping those people. Those agents were on horses. They had reins in their hands. We have now found out, we found out that uh, they were told, the Biden administration was told the day of that incident by the photographer who took that picture that a lot of people have seen, the Biden administration was told they weren't whipping those Haitians. They were using those reins of the horses to direct the horses. Despite that, on that very day, we had, and I'm going to play it for you, President Biden and Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas saying something completely different. Cut number four. Horses barely running them over, people being strapped. It's outrageous. I promise you those people will pay. Those images painfully conjured up the worst elements of our nation's ongoing battle against systemic racism. Now, there you have it. They knew that was not true, but they went to the American public because they were so anxious to play the race card. By the way, the vice president joined them in that condemnation, which they knew the uh, border agents were not guilty of. Uh, Fred, you, you know, of all the things we're dealing with, I, I think it's probably hard for most Americans to sort it all out. This is not normal. This is not a normal time in America. This is not uh, an era where we just have differences of opinions between the right and the left or Republicans and Democrats. What we're seeing here is an administration in power and the, and the far left progressives, I think they're actually neo-Marxists, who influence this administration. And they've declared war on our own country. I can't think of a previous president, Republican or Democrat, that would intentionally go to a microphone and try to make Americans think that we are an evil, racist country. But that is the default position of the current president, vice president, and the head of the Department of Homeland Security. They look for opportunities to smear America, to tell Americans and minority Americans that the biggest problem they're facing is white supremacy. I mean, this is evil. For leaders to say this, these things about our own nation is evil. It should not be tolerated. They all need to be removed from office. If this kind of spreading of bile and hatred, turning one American against the other and doing it intentionally, as you said, Fred, they knew the narrative they were spinning was not the, the thing that actually happened, but they did it anyway because they want us all at each other's throat. Divided, we can't stop their socialist agenda. But if blacks and whites and Hispanics and Asians will come together and stand up for freedom and stand up for America, we can restore good government and save our country. 
Gary, you live in the great state of Virginia, and you saw what happened a year ago when people found out what their kids were being taught in school and just said enough is enough. Uh, so we had a bit of a political revolution uh, that took place in Virginia about a year ago when you had a deep blue state that suddenly turned red. Do you, uh, and you've been in Washington and politics for years and years and years, do you see the Virginia experience uh, spreading out across this country, and, and could it manifest itself as soon as November 8th? I, I think what we saw so vividly in Virginia, and you're, you're right, I, uh, uh, I live in Fairfax County, just a few miles away from ground zero of that whole battle. And right here in Fairfax County, which is supposed to be one of the finest school districts in the country, uh, this socialist, neo-Marxist, progressive indoctrination is increasingly going on in the schools in Fairfax. Um, yes, I, I think what we saw is happening all over the country. I saw a video the, uh, the other day out of all places, Dearborn, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Dearborn now is uh, an area, a, a city that has got a large Muslim population. They tend to vote Democrat in big percentages. But somebody informed the parents in that community what was being taught to their children in school about human sexuality and the images that were being shown to their little children. And so there was a school board meeting. And what happened was that Christian parents and Muslim parents in Dearborn showed up angry. And the school board didn't know how to handle it. They, they basically canceled the meeting. So I think this is one of those issues, again, that crosses ethnic lines, that crosses other divisions we might have uh, on other issues. You shouldn't come for our children. Keep your hands off our children. Our children do not belong to government, not the federal government, not the state government, not the local government, not to the local schools. The children belong to their parents. We are their first and most important teachers. So I think it is a big deal. I think it's going to affect a lot of races. And I think it's another example where the political left in this country is just doesn't understand what's going on. You know, Gary, your new Republican governor has stood by his word uh, when he promised parents uh, in Virginia that they would be given power back over the education system. Now, you're in Fairfax County, but the school board in Loudoun County basically is fighting this. And you have people there uh, on the school board who say basically they plan to ignore what the governor wants to do, and that's give parents back control over their kids and how they're being educated. Uh, Yeah, that's a great summary, Fred. I mean, it shows, you know, that uh, every race on the ballot this November is important. Obviously, the race for Senate or House of Representatives or governor in the states that have gubernatorial races in just a few weeks, all important races. So is the race for your school board, for the city council. Any elected office or any place where power resides can be used by the left to take us in a take us in a direction we do not want to go. So parents ought to be partners with the school in the job of educating our children to be able to compete in the years ahead in a very competitive world. The schools should not be places where children are indoctrinated 
with the latest neo-socialist, neo-Marxist, radical, secular philosophy that came out of some university someplace. So, um, I, you know, I, I suspect there's probably going to be a dozen or more school districts in the state of Virginia that will not cooperate with the governor's order. And I can tell you without any fear of contradiction that the president of the United States and the attorney general of the United States will go into the federal courts and try to do everything they can to stop the governor of Virginia or any other governor from returning the power of our schools to the parents and the taxpayers where it belongs. It's amazing to me, and I know uh, your undersecretary of education in the Reagan administration. I'm sure you're aware of the latest ATC test scores, the lowest in 30 years. Kids coming out of our schools, they can't read and write and, and speak to a level that normally you could, if you couldn't do those things, you couldn't get into university. Uh, we're spending so much time with a socialist agenda on our kids, but our kids are suffering in the basics that they need to move forward. Well, you know, Fred, all these issues are, are linked together. I, I mean, you know, we were talking a little earlier uh, about the border situation. And I know that particularly a lot of Christians will say when they see those poor folks at the border, oh, my goodness, you know, I, I don't like the numbers, but we have to show compassion. We need to bring them in, even though they're coming in illegally. Well, these, these impulses, these decisions have consequences. And now school districts all over America are reporting that they're being inundated with all those children mm. that you see on the TV screen that are coming into the country, often only with their mother or, in many cases, with human smugglers. Those children, hundreds of them, are going into schools in school districts all over the country. So nationwide, it's tens of thousands, probably over 100,000. They don't speak English. In many cases, they don't speak what we would just call uh, Hispanic. Yeah. They, they are, they're, they're coming from countries with all sorts of dialects. So what's happening in the classroom? The other children are being... Uh, undereducated because you can't teach everybody in the class to, yep. to go forward when a bunch of kids can't even speak English. Gary, got to run. Campaign for working families. People can get your end of day. They can, or they can go to ouramericanvalues.org. All right, Gary Bauer, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, folks, Sandy Rios in the morning on a Friday, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840, the number to call. Weekday mornings at 8 Central, Pastor Jeff Shreve offers real truth for today. I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. The world around us is rapidly changing, but God and His truth will never change. I may be the host of the show, but I want God's Word and His truth to be the star of the show. Join Pastor Jeff Shreve each weekday morning at 8 Central for real truth for today on American Family Radio. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. 
But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Thanks to EU parliamentarian Rob Roos, we've learned that Pfizer never tested its Schmovid injections for virus transmission prevention. Never tested it. This scandal was exposed during an EU parliamentary hearing when Rob Roos questioned Pfizer executive Jay Small. He asked her specifically whether any testing of virus transmission prevention had been done before Pfizer put their injections on the market. She answered, no. Nevertheless, the injections were initially sold to the public, saying they prevented infection and they prevented transmission. We know that is not the case. And we now know that it never was. They lied from the beginning. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Hey, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. Do you know for the last two years, Southwest Louisiana has faced multiple storms, including Hurricanes Laura, Delta, and Zeta. 8 Days of Hope sent our rapid response teams to help in these areas after Hurricane Laura hit Lake Charles and again after the flooding in 2021. Well, today we're excited to announce that our 18th rebuilding trip will take place in Lake Charles from December 3rd through December 10th. Thousands of volunteers will gather from around the country to love and serve this community by helping them repair their homes that were affected by these disasters. We're going to focus on roofing and drywall, painting, electrical work, flooring, and so much more. We can't wait to see what God is going to do. So there's a couple ways you can help with this mission. First, pray. Pray that God will speak through our actions to each family and make himself known. Second, consider volunteering. It's free, and we provide the food and the lodging. Hey, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com, read the FAQs, and you can volunteer right there. Again, that's 8daysofhope.com. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. One of the few true things Joe Biden said in his infamous Independence Hall address is that, quote, something is going on in America that is just not normal, unquote. For example, consider his comprehensive and deliberate wrecking of our economy and freedoms and calling half the country enemies of the state. Biden's agenda is unprecedentedly harmful for Americans. It also benefits the ambitions of their mortal enemy, the Chinese Communist Party. A remarkable Committee on the Present Danger China webinar this week offered an explanation for such abnormal and disastrous policies. Like so much else going on in the world today, they are manifestations of intense spiritual warfare. We're discouraged from calling evil what it is, but unless we do and we invoke and deserve God's mercy, the triumph of all that is good and normal in America is not assured. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. And welcome back to the Friday edition of Sandy Rios in the morning. Fred sitting in. Enjoyed our chat with Gary Bauer as always. Uh, just on the last subject matter there, I mentioned the ACT test scores came out this week. Uh, lowest in 30 years. According to the report, the test scores made public in a report Wednesday show 42% of AC-tested graduates in the class of 2022 met none of the subject benchmarks in English, reading, science, and math, which are indicators of how well students are expected to perform in corresponding college courses. In comparison, 38% of test takers in 21 
failed to meet any of the benchmarks. I thought it was very interesting how Gary connected what's going on in our schools with other things, public policy issues like our open borders, thanks to Joe Biden, allowing thousands and thousands and thousands of kids to come into this country. Public school systems across the country are supposed to absorb those. They can't speak English. And so teachers have to spend more time with them, and that allows them not to spend time that they need to be spending with other kids, and that the result of that is the scores that we're seeing. Our education system now is more about socialism than it is about the basics that the kids are going to need to make a living. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. We're going to go to our phones. It's stacking up there. But I wanted to play you a clip of a dad of two kids. He is African-American. His name is Fred Reggae. He was interviewed this morning. Fox and Friends, they're at Patrick Henry College there in Virginia. He was interviewed about this morning. He's got, as I said, got a couple of kids in the school system there. Uh, he is African-American. And he is warning people about the detrimental effect of the public policy issues on the education of our kids. Cut number eight. I can't think of anything more racist than telling a black student that we're going to increase your grades so that you can catch up because you're black. I can't think of a more racist policy. What are employers going to do when they go to hire a black person that they know their grades were were, um, bumped up? and the other students were throttled. It doesn't take rocket science to figure out that racism is going to creep into hiring. Well, it just shows the hypocrisy. It shows that there's a political agenda behind uh, what they're doing. If they were really about diversity, there would be diversity of thought. For example, if you found out that your child was in a secret underground uh, NRA club at school or being taught the gospel in class and that the school board and the principal were in on it, and you only find out because of FOIA requests. How would that make you feel? Yeah, very good point. All right, let's go to our phones right now. Stuart in St. Charles, Missouri. Good morning, Stuart. Go ahead, please. Yes, sir. Thank you. I keep wondering why no one in this country, the leaders, I know the current administration will not, but why don't the leaders hold these sending countries, their leaders, to task for basically sending or allowing all these people to be sent to this country? They want what we have, but they, the leaders want to stay in control and be socialists and not help their own people. And I, I can never get an explanation for that. Yeah, no, very true. But you know, the bottom line in the crisis that we're facing on our Southern border right now, you know what, when Joe Biden was a candidate, when he was one of the Democrats who wanted to be on the ticket, he told the American public, I'm going to, if I'm elected, I'm going to invite a surge on our Southern border. The people of America knew that. He confessed to it, and he's carried out that plan. And now we're seeing the results of what is happening, the crime increase, what it's doing to our education system. Cities are being overrun. There's uh, El Paso, Texas, which has Democrat leadership. They're sending more people, by the way, uh, to other states, El Paso is, than Governor Abbott of Texas is, uh, a fact that many media seem to leave out. That's what's happening in our country, folks. It's all the result of the policies of this Biden administration. As we've been saying, there's an opportunity for you to protest, and that's called the election on November the 8th. All right, 
James in Tennessee, go ahead. Hi. Yeah, I just wanted to bring to your attention a program called Release Time Instruction. Mm-hmm. The bill to do it was passed in 1914. That's 108 years ago. <laughs> There's only three groups of people that, that use it currently. There's a group of parents in Pennsylvania that have been using it for 30 years. The Catholic Church has been using it in Utah for 15 years. And the Mormons in Utah have been using it for about uh, probably close to 100 years. I'm not sure when they started. And basically what it is 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 you have programs that you can tie to religious instruction, and you as parents can organize classes and take your kids out of school during instruction time and bring them back. And you can do it on any subject you want, which means that we can just take this right away from the school board because the school board can't stop you. It's a matter of law. Yeah, very interesting, James. Appreciate that and something for parents to consider. Let's go to Iowa this morning and we say good morning to Steve. Go ahead. Good morning, sir. Hey there. Go yes. ahead. Go uh, ahead. Please, but please spend some time this morning on edu- educating people on the term elite capture. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the term? No, sir. No, sir? Okay. The most important thing is when the communists come into a country to take it over, they go to the heads, like they went to Biden, they've gone to Mitch McConnell, they've gone to Bill Gates, they get the, the, the top people in the country, they buy them or scare them, uh, have people call in, ask them if they know about elite capture. Yeah, very interesting. Elite capture. That doesn't surprise me, the agenda there, Steve. Uh, I think it's been going on for a long time and and has just kind of blown up in our faces in reality. Many have been warning about this, that this was coming, Marxism being taught in our schools, but it was kind of ignored uh, by far too many people. But now, in the last 18 months, I think more and more people are aware of it. And perhaps what we saw in Virginia a year ago because parents finding out what their kids were being taught in schools because their kids were learning remotely because of COVID shutdowns, uh, that, in a very strange way, uh, started the revolution in Virginia, which resulted in a major change of state government there. Perhaps that will happen on a national scale coming up in a few weeks, November the 8th. Uh, Hope, Arkansas. Steve, go ahead. Uh, good morning, Fred. Uh, Colin, with comment on uh, Raphael Warnock, what he said about Herschel Walker, or to Herschel Walker, on the subject of cheap grace. And, uh, and I-, I wonder if he does not just have enough information to make him uncomfortable. It comes from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Now, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, part of what he was doing that got him hanged as a Christian martyr was he, he actually thought that he could lead Adolf Hitler to salvation, okay? Oh. So you're talking about a precious memory of a great man wrenched out of context, out of context for, for, polit- for political ends, okay? Yeah. So uh, now, uh, then, th- then, and then the idea, I think I would suggest that cheap grace, which is what he's accusing Herschel Walker of, if, he, if, if, if Mr. Warnock understands what grace is at all, uh, cheap grace is better than turning the grace of God into lasciviousness, and that would be what communism does. Thank yeah. you for your time. Yeah, good, good point, Steve. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Minnie in Ohio, go ahead. 
Hi. Hey. I had a, I got a little girl call me to do a survey for the p- political system on who I would vote for and what kind of stuff I thought about different um, political people and even, even about Biden, what I thought of. Yep. Every single person that she talked to in Washington State had a mail-in ballot sent to them without anybody calling for one. Yeah. That is still unfortunately happening out there. Uh, unsolicited absentee ballots that are going out. There's certain jurisdictions, even though uh, in in some of these jurisdictions it's uh, been declared illegal. Uh, some Democrat-controlled uh, uh, Secretary of State offices say they're just going to ignore it, and I think that was part of the big part of the problem that we saw back in 2020. Thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of absentee ballots going out, particularly in places like Pennsylvania. Uh, and in other jurisdictions, I think like in Houston, Texas, just unsolicited ballots going out, and that just increases the potential for fraud, quite frankly. Kelly in Virginia, go ahead, sir. Yes, hi. It's actually a lady this time. Okay, go ahead, Kelly. Uh, you have one of those names that can go either way. Go ahead, Kelly. Exactly. Um, so, Virginia, y'all were talking about Virginia being a blue state. Virginia is actually red. There are only that are blue on how we vote and I was born and raised here uh-huh. Virginia votes red Northern Virginia of course votes blue yes Richmond and the Virginia Beach Norfolk area reason being those are hubs of government of course with Northern Virginia it's the federal government spills out from DC because all the people don't fit in DC so they unfortunately come and invade my state <laughs> um, and the, the federal government is the largest employer in the United States, if not the world, between the actual employees and the contractors. Yeah. So you've got that flood from all over the world in northern Virginia. And then Richmond, of course, being the, the seat of our government here. And then, you know, you've got a lot of um, people moving in and out of the beach area due to the military and other things. So those are the areas. But if you look at Virginia, Virginia consistently votes red, with the exception of those three pockets and maybe Charlottesville. Um, The other thing was is that with the way the schools are going now, us as grandparents really need to speak up to make sure that we're getting involved, too, with our grandchildren's education. I have a grandson in middle school, and my concern is what he's being taught because, you know, I'm my mid-50s, I was taught about America, but now it's like how much of this was his parents actually being taught or different because maybe I was not as involved in my kids' education as I should be because I just think they're being taught the same thing I was. Hmm. So COVID truly opened the eyes. I agree with you 100% on that one. It really opened the eyes of the parents to what was being taught, the lies, and as grandparents, we need to stand up. And I just ask teachers, if you are a biology teacher, teach truth. If you are a math teacher, two plus two is four. It is not five because you feel like it that day. (laughs) Kelly, uh, those are are good words. And uh, yes, grandparents need to get involved today. Uh, Many times parents are so busy, and I think that's happened in places right across the country. Parents are so busy today, both mom and dad working, and they don't take time uh, to to look at what's happening with their kids, what their kids are being taught. 
Uh, so grandparents, as is often the case, have to step up and be that check and balance in there. So uh, great words of advice there from Kelly. I think we have time for one more call. Let's try uh, Sherry in Michigan. Sherry, go ahead. you got about 30 seconds. I just wanted to follow up on the release teaching time. We're in Michigan. There's an organization in our area that has about 13 schools that they do release teaching time, and our church participates. So they'll come to our school or our church for about 45 minutes and learn Bible, um, obviously with parents' approval. But it is a law, and seek it out. I don't remember the name of the organization, but seek it out because um, it's there is a gaining movement of it. They release, they produce um, curriculum. There's mailbox box programs where they'll send information to the kids to periodically to do Bible lessons. So I just wanted to encourage people to seek that out in their area. Okay, or start a let me ask you a question, Sherry. A release time instruction, it's a federal law? Yes. Yes. That is good to know. Yeah, and it, it, it's interesting yes. that you are, you're in your area you're taking up on I think that's fantastic. Uh, and I, I would encourage others to to talk about that if you want to get in and get some instruction time, release time instruction. Sherry, thank you so much for adding that information. Hey, something to check out. Many times uh, we don't find these things out until these kinds of things happen, a crisis occurs, and uh, people find out, hey, listen, there's a law that might be able to help us. All right, great to be with you this morning. want to thank you once again uh, for your help, your dedication to American Family Radio just an absolutely fantastic fall share record-breaking fall share And uh, thank you for being a blessing to us. Hey, there's spiritual warfare, but there's an army that's fighting, and we're glad to be part of it, and we're glad that you're coming alongside us to fight the battles. Amen. Have yourself a great weekend. Don't forget uh, church services on Sunday, and stay tuned for more great programming here on American Family Radio. See you again soon. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.